we are in the pivot to new earth. And that's why we're seeing so much chaos and so many changes and systems crumbling and also new potentials coming into being into our hearts and minds. Today's guest, Hillary Harley, is here to give us insights into this current pivot from her experience with Akashic Records and her own mystic messages. Join us to hear more. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. To join us on this beautiful journey. So let show. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that. You are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com forward slash membership and sign up. We'll see you at our next tribe gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a deeper understanding of ourselves in the world and help us to evolve here in Earth Soul School. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. And, you know, I am a child of the late 60s. So 69, summer love, that's me. And if you're around that time frame, if you're kind of 50 something, you might be feeling a little bit what I'm feeling. Like what is going on here? It's a really humbling experience, I have to say, it's super humbling to be in the space of being um, on the verge of being an elder and having my competency challenged at every turn. You know, I've got 21-year-old, 22-year-old and a 19-year-old. And, you know, what is up with this? I feel like I've got all this wisdom. I've got all this power. I've got all this strength. I've got all these tools, all these practices. And literally every single one of them is getting challenged right now. I'm having to use every tool in my toolbox to stay on target, to stay on track, to expand my love, to expand my compassion and my patience, to be present and to I feel just like, okay, when's the marathon over? Like, when is it going to get easier? When is my empire of healing going to be built? <laughs> you know, like, when am I actually going to be in my full zenith of service? Because I'm supposed to be there right now, apparently. You know, like this is the 50s. You're supposed to be in your power in your 50s. Like this is the time where you're like really deep in your power and like your medicine's strong and out in the corporate world, like you, you know, you've got the title of like uh, director or VP and all this. And then here I am going, yeah, I'm still feeling humbled. <laughs> so it's not happening for me. And I'm wondering when it's going to. Well, today, if you're like me, if you're feeling like, gosh, 
how many more hurdles am I going to jump over (laughs) before I step into the sacred role of elder? I've got beautiful Hillary here to share some insights with us. Hillary Harley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. (laughs) So glad you're going to shed some light on all this. (laughs) Hillary, uh, for those of you who haven't met her before, she is the founder of Harley Holistic Healing. She's a practicing astrologer that integrates Reiki and the Akashic Records into her client sessions. She began her astrological studies uh, with Dietrich Pessin and continued training with a whole host of other amazing people. And she actually has just been moved on to sharing her messages with the Mystical Messages podcast. So in addition to doing amazing work with clients, she shares out all this wisdom on the Mystical Messages podcast, and I'm actually on there as well. So go check out our um, interview together. And she's also published her novel, Ring of Truth. So she's um, got a beautiful list of experience, 30 years, Kundalini Yoga. Wow. Like just, I mean, like all the rest of us on this, you guys in my audience, you know what we're talking about here. Where the women have all the wisdom. <laughs> yeah. What the heck is anyone going to listen? I was like using my pendulum last night. I'm like, is anybody listening? No. <laughs> it was a flat no. Nobody's listening. I was like, are they going to start listening? And it was like, <laughs> I was like, this is BS. Anyway, fill us in, Hillary, because seriously, what is going on? It's interesting that you <laughs> asked that question. Is anybody listening? Um, there's a couple things come to mind. One is a line from the musical 1776, where John Adams is saying, is anybody there? Does anybody care? You know? and <laughs> I'm feeling that. Of, yeah. And that was a pivot point. I mean, that was a huge pivot point with the revolution and you know, French revolution, American revolution. And we're in a similar time. And then also last night I was watching a Netflix documentary on Bob Dylan and one of the people that was talking about the sixties. Right. And um, there was one of the, his colleagues was being interviewed and he said, you know, it's really not about whether you have 200 people, two people, 2000 people, 2 million people listening. It's emitting the vibration basically. And that's what stirs the pot. And once you put the message out there, it falls where it needs to go. It finds its audience. And so anybody that feels like they're not being heard, whether you're two or 92, I just want you to know that you are being heard. It might not seem like that because it could be within the invisible realms, but you are definitely being heard. So keep on putting your message out because it's being picked up by the right ears. So we are in a real pivot point right now, historically. And Carrie and I talked about that when you were on my show, Mystical Messages, Carrie, I used a smaller analogy, such as uh, the end of World War One, and, you know, how governmental systems, economic systems, everything shifted in that window between 1900 and 1920. Um, Women got the right to vote. It was the rise of women. Um, We went from agrarian to industrial. We went from monarchies to democracy and communism, power of people. 
So this time that we're in right now is like a swinging door and we are all riding (laughs) on that swinging door as we speak. And the door is eventually going to come into balance but it is really on it, swinging wildly on its hinge right now. And that stirs up a lot of chaos. And on one side of the door is the old and the outdated, the outmoded structures that no longer have any relevance in our world. On the other side of the door is love, unity, light, and a way, a peace, a peaceful way of being. So it's very destabilizing right now. It's, you know, the pandemic, it's not an accident that it happened because it contributes to a reordering of life. And, you know, at first we sort of froze in March of 2020. We had to be very still with this was all new territory, nobody alive. The by and large had been alive during the pandemic of 1918. So this is all new territory for us. And now it's the pieces, the puzzle pieces are being reordered. Um, it was as, as if the game board got thrown up in the sky in 2020. You know, we had this really great game of Monopoly going on and it's like the guides and guardians of the universe took the table on which the monopoly board was on and threw it up in the sky and all the pieces got flung everywhere and 2021 in many respects was harder than 2020 2020 we froze and we stood still 2021 it's like okay now you know let's get back to normal well there is no normal there is no new normal there is nothing that we can call regular or the way it was or how we knew life to be. This is um, the puzzle pieces are coming down from wherever they got flung to, but they're in this whole new pattern. And it's up to us to figure out uh, a new way of living within a chaotic order. And it's not going to sort itself out for a couple more years. So I want people to understand that this is not as difficult and as hard experientially as this is. It is not a bad thing. If you can put on a hat of optimism and know how creatively rich and fertile this ground is, because literally anything is possible right now. And so it's aligning each of us. And as the individual goes, so goes the collective, as each of us aligns with what feels true, loving, peaceful, kind, then that's the world that we're going to create. Yeah, I feel that too. I feel, um, What's been happening for me and a lot of my students is this feeling of like things just being pulled apart. Like it's just like the yarn ball that was all nested and tangled up, getting like untangled and unteased. And you would think that's great. 
you know, like, oh, that's great. It's going to get all sorted out. But actually the experience of that happening in your being is very uncomfortable because <laughs> there's, yeah. you're, it's like you're losing some sense of normalcy or some structural integrity in your being is being restructured. And mm-hmm. that always feels really disorienting when that's going on. It's a super disorienting process. And and then stuff that was tangled up as it's untangled, then this ball of something gets released that was hidden inside there in that tangle. And it's usually something unpleasant, like yes. anger, resentment, frustration. I give up, screw this. <laughs> you know, like I'm out of here. I'm done with this mess you know, a sense of despair, like, gosh, this is never going to be over. You know, like all of these feelings are like caught inside those tangles. So as they get opened, like that stuff comes out. Right. Yeah. I mean, another analogy is we've had major surgery done on our internal organs. And now we're in the post-op phase And we think, oh, we're going to hit the ground running again. And we're going to be back to work in no time. And nope, it takes a while for the sutures to heal and everything to reorder itself internally and for the systems to start flowing again. And, you know, gone is the, say, the tumor that we had removed. But now we have to figure out, oh, we're still in a healing phase and it's going to take since a bit of time for things to work, work through and work itself out. And that is where humans aren't particularly comfortable. We're not comfortable with change. We're definitely not comfortable with practicing patience. We want everything to happen at lightning speed and yet there is, you know, if we're, if our consciousness is aware of maybe 5% of what is in the world, 95% is invisible to us. And so much happens outside of our purview and of our seeing and knowing. And that all has to fall into place. It's divine guidance, it's divine order. So that's what is occurring behind the scenes that we can't see. And then it's like, sort of like as an adult, you can look back on your life and say, you know, even if you're in your your 20s, you can look back to a time in your life and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. Like, I get it. I understand why such and such had to happen or why that person reacted the way they did. Because you have more information and more pieces of the puzzle. And so that's what's coming is this greater awareness and understanding that certain pieces had to fall into place for us to function more optimally. Yeah, certain pieces had to fall into place. (sighs) It's all about following. You know, I got this download that... um, And I started this new project with my soul that I thought was only going to take 100 days consecutively, but apparently, no, it's not. It's not consecutive. So there's lessons on each day, and then that day might stretch on for quite a while. Mm -hmm. The lesson I'm currently in is allow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And allow is a really, it has multiple stages and multiple aspects. 
Yes. And yes. I'm in the allow page. Like I, w- I haven't even been allowed to move on to the next page describing allow, like other words that make up the allow process. I've only been in allow. And it's always a sign to me if I feel suppressed in starting something that that's, and I'd have to force my way in order to do it, that I'm mm-hmm. not supposed to do that right now. And I feel suppressed in it. It's like, there's not enough time. There hasn't been a window to get onto the next page. And so I'm just, I haven't even finished the allow page. So I'm just hanging out in allow and I'm just like, okay, so I'm in allow. I guess I haven't learned that lesson yet because I'm not allowed to move on. <laughs> like, dang. Yeah. So, you know, 2021 is far more chaotic and we are in the crescendo right now of chaos. We could feel Crescendo the- of chaos. Yeah. I mean, and, and there will, I promise everybody that it does get better. 2022, there's a release, a big release in the spring and a cleansing and light is going to start coming in and helping us reorder our world. But October, late September and October, we had six out of 10 planets that were retrograde. And so astrologically, you know, when you think about far and away the balance of planets, you know, the sun and the moon never go retrograde. We had, I think the only planets that were not retrograde were the sun, the moon, Venus, and Mars, these four interior planets. Mercury was retrograde and then all of the outer planets. So there was this feeling in October in particular of spinning your wheels in the mud and stagnation and nothing moving forward. Then planets, one after the other, started to move direct. By the end of October, there was movement again. And there has been greater movement through Thanksgiving and now into December. But what we're coming into... It's sort of like one last hurrah. Venus is turning retrograde for 40 days and 40 nights. It's analogous. Astrologers use this analogy to Jesus is wandering in the desert and with temptation. Venus rules love, money, and relationships. And so when it turns retrograde, especially in Capricorn, and it's conjoined to Pluto, powerhouse Pluto, in Capricorn when it turns retrograde. And Pluto, for anybody who doesn't know mythologically, is the god of the underworld. So here comes along this light, frothy planet Venus. Love, money, and relationships. Like, who doesn't want more of that? But it's in this very austere sign of Capricorn, which is about show me what you've done, the the accomplishment. It's the great cosmic ledger. You've either done the thing or you have not done the thing. It keeps score. It's about karma and dharma, doing the right thing responsibly with integrity, honor. So Venus is not terribly comfortable in this very austere sign um, of Capricorn. And on December 19th, it comes to pair with Pluto, the god of the underworld. Under a full moon, it turns retrograde. And 
for the next 40 days from December 19th till the end of January, it's going to be retrograde. And this is about temptation. It's about people from your past resurfacing. It's about relationships, who you were at one time or another back in the days of yore. All of those sort of conditioned program boogeymen in your consciousness coming up again. Patterns, spending. You want to really watch for relationship and money, spending, temptation. Do you really need that new sports car? Or, you know, can you maybe put that off for another time? Is this person really somebody you want to have an affair with? And think about the consequences. It's, you know, the proverbial person that's done 23andMe finding their long lost family only to realize that they want nothing to do with them. You know, that's austere Capricorn. It's like ice. It's cold. It's granite. So... A word to the wise, just use the R-E words. I, I shouldn't use the word just. I should say you want to actively engage in practicing during this time of retrograde, both Venus and then Mercury goes retrograde January 14th to February 4th. In the dead of winter, you want to really practice these R-E words, research, reflect, renew, restore, renovate, refresh, any RE word that you can think of. These are the words that you, you know, if you need to quote unquote, do something, this is what you should be engaged in practicing in in this very austere month of January. So it's easier said than done because it's the new year and the new year, it's like, we're raring to go. It's a whole new year and we're going to do this and set our intentions. And that's all well and good. But I want you to think about energetically, the new year cosmically is really going to get going with the Chinese new year, which occurs in February. The new moon is on February 1st. Chinese New Year goes from January 31st to February 6th. And Mercury goes direct on February 4th. Venus turns direct on January 29th. And once we have this energetic push forward, beginning February 5th, now we have a new moon. Every all 10 planets will be direct motion from February 5th to the very end of April. That's 90 days, three months to push forward. So these are natural cycles of dormancy. And it's pretty convenient, actually, for this time of reflection and research and renewal of dormancy to be occurring in the dead of winter, you know, so to make use of this time, you're planning a new project, a new business, a trip somewhere, do your homework during this window. And then February 5th rolls in new year, 
set your intentions, and it's major league go time. Very powerful. Very powerful to uh, to hear the astro- astrological um, insights into where do we go next year. And how does that, you were talking about the impact on people that are, you know, born in like 1964 to 1969. Tell us a little bit about that. Like what's the impact happening for people of our generation? So we were born with Pluto and Uranus, the two outer planets. Um, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto are the three planets that are the outer. And these are generational markers. And Pluto and Uranus were tightly conjoined in the mid-60s. So if you think about the 60s, the beginning of the 60s was like the 1950s. The end of the 60s were unlike anything we'd ever seen. I mean, it was totally, 1970 was completely different than 1960. And in terms of mores and women's rights and the whole, I mean, you name it, it ran the gamut. So what happened were in 1966, Pluto and Uranus came together in the sign of Virgo. Pluto is about power and transformation. Uranus is the change agent, the great awakener. It's about upheaval. And the mid-60s, man, that was upheaval. And Virgo is about work, service, habits, routines, practices, and health and wellness. So we are the workaholic generation. We are the health and wellness generation. You know, the proliferation of gyms, of yoga, of health and, you know, eating healthy, the environmental movement all got its start rooted in the mid-60s. So the downside, that's the upside of the 60s generation. The upside is, rather the downside is the perfectionism, the detail, wanting everything to fall into order and place exactly as we plan it. You know, it doesn't allow for thinking allowing for surprise or allowing for surrender or allowing for unpredictable events to occur. We want things to happen in a certain order. And there's an old Yiddish phrase, we plan, God laughs. And this is quintessentially our test because opposite Pluto and Uranus was Saturn in the sign of Pisces from 64, 65 to 66. And the axis, uh, AXIS, 180 degrees apart, Virgo Pisces, this is serve or suffer. You either do the thing or, you know, for other people, you serve, you volunteer, you contribute to the common wheel, the commonwealth of all, because the polarity is Pisces, unity, and it it means to surrender. So there is this Mother Teresa quality, this earth angel quality that is endemic 
to our generation in the mid 60s. And it's about letting go and letting God. It is about allowing. You talk about the word allow. This is huge for the mid 60s generation. And we're not good at that because the Virgo piece, the Pluto Uranus piece, is about control. We, and what we learn over time is you control what you can and you let the rest go. Let go and let God. So if you think of it as a brake pedal and a gas pedal, the brake pedal is the Pluto Uranus, the control that, you know, I'm going to control. The gas pedal is the Pisces, the Saturn and Pisces. Like it's Pisces is the ocean. How big is the ocean? How big is the sky? You know, we can't control everything. We can only control our little teeny tiny corner. So if we do that, if we focus on serving and doing good for our slice and sector of the universe, God will take care of the rest. Source, whatever you want to call it, will take care of the rest. Which explains why I've been on uh, allow for six days now ish. <laughs> allow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but who, who's who's watching, Carrie? Who's keeping track? You got it on your. <laughs> because there's this piece of commitment. Like for me, there's like I know that in order for projects to get completed up until now, I had to actually like commit to it and Mm -hmm. make sure that I commit time to it and I create space in my schedule for it and actually do it. Right. And (laughs) the funny thing that's happening with this is that I check, you know, I'll have a little window or something and I'll check in and I'll get the message. No, nope, not right now. Nope. (laughs) I was like, that is so frustrating. Because I want to finish, like I want to do the thing and then finish it. So that, that (laughs) says there is, I'll I'll give you a great example. So what it's saying on the surface is there is either information or there's a piece, there are pieces, a piece or multiple pieces of the puzzle that have not been fully formed yet that you are unaware of, that you're not supposed to be aware of until they show themselves, until they are revealed. And then you can integrate them in and complete the work, right? Yeah, like um, I was aware that got, like this section of allow, like the answer, what I would have written on the first day of allow would, is really different than what's formulating in this whole, like having to surrender to this process and okay, like I'm ready. I want to finish. I am committed because day one was choose. And so I chose to follow my soul, you know, day two was commit. I committed. I said, yes, I'm committed. I'm here. I'm showing up for the work. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to go. And then it was like, ask for help. Okay. I often tell people to ask for help. I got that part. Yeah, sure. And then this is allow. And this is where I'm right right now. (laughs) So obviously I'm better at the other three. Like I, I definitely got choose, commit, And ask for help. Got those. Yep. 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 Allow. (laughs) Yeah. Allow is is a form of surrendering. (sighs) If you think about it, it's like um, 
the World War II and Great Depression generation, they don't want any help. You know, they want to, you know, what, however old your parents are, it doesn't matter. You get to a certain age and you had autonomy for all this time. And you're not about allow, you're not about to allow somebody, allow somebody to come into your home to clean it or help you prepare meals or drive you to a doctor's you know, appointment. There's so many ways that allow equals surrender because it, it then means, oh, I can't do for myself. And instead, if we could just flip it in our heads, because that's what it, it's about is flipping it and retraining our brains to reformulate and reconstitute and rethink it as, oh, I'm getting help from these divine sources that are bringing in just the right help, and it's going to be even better than I could ever have imagined it to be if I had done it all by myself. You know, you think about toddlers, they say, I want to do it all by myself, whether it's going to the potty or feeding themselves or kicking the ball or whatever it is. And we don't change just because we're adults. We think we should be able to do it all by ourselves. And yet when we allow, which is surrendering, we hold hands with a team that's so much bigger and more, they each bring a talent and a skill and a resource that we couldn't possibly all have within our own container. So you're going to be sitting with surrender for a little bit longer, I suspect. Yeah, I think so. Everybody, please have compassion <laughs> for my journey. Yeah, being a manifester you know, it's a tricky thing because we don't have, we're the only ones who don't have to ask permission. We can just do it ourselves. Everybody else has to kind of work together. <laughs> but at the same time, so do I. It's just that I can do it myself if I force it. And, you know, and I'm learning not to use that muscle, which is challenging because I've used that muscle so much in my life is forcing that into being. And I feel like that's like an overall lesson too of our generation, because, you know, most of us at the age I'm at and you're at, like if we've had children or we've had our own businesses or whatever, like we've kind of gotten used to being in charge. And now we're not like now there's like our kids are grown. They're making their own decisions. It's, mm -hmm. and if you want to still have a relationship, then you've got to step out of this role of being the one in charge. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And it's so allowing others to help. I'll give you a great example. I recently bought a house in the country and for 18 months before I bought the house, I looked and looked and looked. And I, I was sitting with a friend who is a medium and she was like, the, all the pieces haven't come together yet. And I said, what do you mean? And because I was getting really frustrated, I'd been looking for, this was probably 14 months at that point, over a year, I'd been looking for this house. And I was like, what is the deal? I'm just not finding the right fit. And she said, I can't tell you whether 
or not the house has come on the market, but she said there's more information. So come to light, the house I wanted came on the market. I put an offer in, bought the house. But at the time that I had asked her this question, she, unbeknownst to me, the family hadn't decided whether or not they were going to list the property. They were having their own internal struggle of, do we keep it or do we sell? And so lo and behold, they decided to sell and I ended up being, you know, finding the house and buying it. But often that's what I'm talking about with this 95% of what's going on behind the scenes. We have no idea what people's situations are and all the parts that have to fit into place. And it's waiting for that moment that when everything aligns for us then to get the green light, okay, now, now it's your turn to go ahead because everything is lined up. Sort of like an assembly line, if you think about it. Like Joe in the beginning of the assembly line has to do his role. So, you know, Christina and Mark and and Michelle can all do their parts before it gets to you to put in the carburetor or whatever it is. Except we can't see the assembly line. You know, we only see, like, we don't really know how this relates to that or this person does their work first and then this happens and we don't know all that. And so you're only seeing from your own perspective. And so it requires trust that you are worthy and wanted. (laughs) Yes. and patience yeah and like faith faith Faith. that it's gonna you know if you've prayed for it you saw it you knew it you prayed for it it's yours yep somehow right (laughs) and and then i feel like some kind of mm, curiosity or sense of wonder in the process like oh i wonder i wonder when that's going to manifest, or I wonder how that's going to manifest, or I wonder when, I wonder what this is about. It's like that sense of wonder. And I practice all of these things. Okay. And I'm still, I still, you know, I teeter totter, like you were talking about the door, like this is the old and this is the new. And so I teeter totter between these two worlds. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, yep. okay, I, I remind myself, I start going into the old patterns and I go, wait a second, I was supposed to do this new thing. Okay. <laughs> Over here doing this new thing. And, you know, what, what I'm moving from overall is, um, as you know, we do the shadow work. We do shadow work in the Gene Keys, right? Yeah. And I think that we're collectively facing, like, pretty much all the shadows in the 64 Gene Keys, like, right now. They're all up. And for me personally, it's this, a couple of them. One of them is seriousness. And that's supposed to be moving to delight. Okay. Yes. So, eventually, I'm going yeah. to be delighted. And then there's this other one that goes from, like, disappointment. <sighs> Into Mm -hmm. bliss. Mm -hmm. So somehow all of this is this shift, right? And so whatever anybody else's personal shadows are, it's like it's like that. It's like this through okay, shadow to to city, shadow to city. Okay, Mm -hmm. and not trying to get stuck in any one place. Like I'm not trying to avoid disappointment. If it's there, I'm going to feel it, right? I I can't just bypass that. Right. Well, you said something earlier about a muscle that you're flexing or you're learning to use. And that is the operative word that I want everybody to remember 
during this incredible time of chaos and flux is we are being called upon to exercise muscles, Mm. not physical muscles, but spiritual muscles that have been dormant or that we have avoided or refused to use. And they've gone flax. What is the word flaccid? They've gone flabby. And we're back in the gym now. We're moving toward a spiritual light plane, for lack of a better term, and less of a material construct. And this is calling on us to use muscles. We've we've always had them within our beings as human beings, but we are living in a material world. So we've been using the muscles that we normally think of to use and are are called upon to use. Now the game has changed and we are being called to use these spiritual muscles of surrender, patience, allowing. So another great thing visual that comes to mind is baking a cake. We have control of what recipe we're going to use. All the ingredients, whether they're organic, whether they're you know in the recipe or we're gonna use some extra special little something, we have control over all of that. What we don't have control of is when we put the assembled ingredients into the oven. That is surrender. And if you keep opening the oven door, you're going to <laughs> ruin the cake. And that's what our generation in particular from the 60s, but human beings by nature are anxious and impatient. And we keep opening the oven door. And the more you do that, it's either going to destroy or not allow the cake to bake properly, or it's going to turn out really yucky, you know? So it's letting go. It is the supreme act. And that is a spiritual muscle that is being really tested right now is just let it be, let nature take its course. Let let nature take its course. Deep breath, everybody. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let nature take its course and have faith and trust that all is well and it will be even better than you imagined. And it's awesome. And feel what you feel. You know, feel all the feels because that is also up for healing right now. Definitely. Definitely. You know, part of what is the conundrum with the current moment is we have immediate access. We have immediate access to information to each other, telecommunications, information, whether it's TV, Google, you name it. And so this world of instantaneous response and spontaneity has stilted, jilted, whatever, whatever you want to say, our ability to say, you know, things have to come in their own time. You know, in days of yore, it's like my kids can't believe that when I was little, you know, there wasn't Google. <laughs> How did you find information? Well, we had the yellow pages, the what, you know, they can't even believe the antiquated tools that we had. And really 
when you think about it, that was 20 years ago. We had the yellow pages were still being used. Nobody uses telephone books anymore. Yeah, that's true. And the library too. We used to go to the library, bookstores, those places. Yeah, mm -hmm. too. We didn't have it delivered to our door. That that didn't exist. We had to actually go find it. And we had to use a map. Sometimes we had to fold out the map. We had to actually, if we're going someplace we didn't know, we had to use a paper map. It's so amazing how we even survived. And here we are. Here we are in the instant age. That's so interesting. When you were saying that, I was really getting a download about how um, we could have all the information at your fingertips and still spirit can put the brakes on it. Like you're just not going to go anywhere. Exactly. That is, that's the stillness aspect. So I'm really getting a picture of what's going on here. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. cool. Well, so um, I know that you do a monthly forecast and you have a podcast mm-hmm. and you have a blog that you blog about all this, all things um, astrological. Yes. So I have uh, on my website, hillaryharley.com. Hillary is with one L because a lot of people, especially since Hillary Clinton spell it with two L's, but it's Hillary with one L, harley.com. I have monthly forecasts that you can look at. My podcast is also available through my website or through Google, Spotify, or Apple. And I also have wonderful guests once a month, like you, you're coming up. Um, this month and a week or two, you're going to be showcased on my podcast. So, you know, I offer a variety of tools and uh, modalities to help people. Um, I integrated Reiki and the Akashic Records just because those stretched me. Basically, you know, astrology is a very cerebral modality and Reiki is about heart opening And the Akashics is basically the internet of metaphysical world. I mean, it's all information throughout space and time. And I wanted to add both of those to any kind of session that I have with a client. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I will put links in the show notes so that you can all find Hillary and her podcast and all her offerings and get up to date on astrology, et cetera, as from, uh, from Hillary's perspective. And I would like to invite you all to share this out with anyone who you think would benefit from this conversation. Share it out, you know, be courageous, share it on your social media, give it a like, give it a subscribe, follow all that stuff. That's how we, we grow access to these podcasts is by engagement. So appreciate you for engaging. And now we're gonna give you kisses, Hillary. We're going to give kisses to everybody. Here, they, here we go. Okay. And join me. Okay. Okay. We love you, everybody. We love you. <laughs> Yay. Thanks for being with us all the way to the end to get your kisses. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. 
Take a sip from the drip of the nectar, from the source of who you are.